You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You were not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. In this unique Provoke and Inspire podcast, we'll be playing David Pierce's talk at our recent live Provoke and Inspire event in Minneapolis. When we were in Russia, they just passed that law that you couldn't preach. And so after, what you didn't see is that after every concert, we had police coming up to us, telling us, you can't preach, you can't pray with people. Uh, we had this, these militia guys that actually discovered, they came to one of our shows, and the, so they thought, we have to stop this, but they couldn't do it at, at that, the show that you were at, because there weren't enough of them, and there were thousands of people there, so they thought, we're going to find out where they go the next day, and then we're going to stop them from doing their concert, but uh, they got the day wrong, <laughs> and so they went, the, they went the day after we were there in that city, but it was just kind of like that it was the way it was the whole time. Nothing stopped us from preaching the gospel everywhere that we went. And, uh, you know, this was, a, this was a crazy tour season. We saw a lot of things happen in Zurich. There was a riot that broke out. Uh, some hooligans attacked the band. Some guys in our band were shot in the face with mace. There were rubber bullets. Uh, complete craziness. One guy who prayed to receive Jesus right after that, a hooligan you know, punched him in the face. It was intense. Uh, we saw God move in places where you're not supposed to see God move to thousands of people. We had follow-up meetings uh, where people were lined out into the streets sometimes because they couldn't get in. Our last show in, in Russia was like that. In Ukraine, we were able to preach to thousands of people. There are no closed doors for the gospel. But... We are going to have to have risks like Chad was talking about. If we are going to make a difference in the world today, we're going to have to have a new kind of faith. We're going to have to have a new understanding of who Jesus is. If we're going to face the challenges as artists, as followers of Jesus, we're going to have to have a different kind of faith. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. So Jesus heard that John the Baptist was killed. And so he wanted to be alone because he knew that John was going to die, but he, he, he felt bad about this. And so he wanted to be alone. But instead of being alone, there were thousands of people there. So all day long, he and the disciples were preaching and helping all these thousands of people. It was at the end of the day, and his followers went up to him and said, Jesus, these people have not eaten the entire day. Send them to a nearby village where they can buy some food. Now, I think the reason they said that is because they were hungry. That's my opinion. You know, they'd been busy all day. They were hungry, and they thought, if we can get Jesus to send the people away, maybe we can eat. But Jesus says, you feed them. And they're like, Jesus, we only have five loaves and a couple of fish. He said, give them to me. So they probably thought, I guess no one's going to eat. So they, they take the five loaves. He ta Jesus takes five loaves and two fish, fish, and he starts tearing it. And it starts multiplying. And pretty soon there's 
basketfuls of food left over. But the disciples were so tired. So Jesus said, listen, you get in a boat, go on the other side of the lake. I will send the people away and I will meet you on the other side. So the the disciples got out in a boat. And it was about three o'clock in the morning. And they looked and they saw this ghost coming to them on the water. And when they saw this ghost, it says they were terrified. They actually screamed. They were so afraid. And I can remember when I, when I read this the first time, I was thinking, why? I mean, these were tough men. Why were they so afraid? I mean, of course, it would be unusual to be out in the middle of the night and to see a ghost, you know, walking on the water. But I'm, they'd been out in storms. They'd been in, in, I'm sure they saw crazy stuff at night on the sea, on the lake. But they were, they were emotionally and spiritually and physically exhausted. So when they saw this ghost, they were terrified. And I know how they felt. Because I was with my band in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And Sao Paulo is a city of 20 million people. It's a very dangerous city. It's a city where at night, if you come to a red light, you don't want to stop at the intersection because of all the carjacking. So you slow down so you can drive through the intersection without stopping. And so someone from my band was on the street and uh, they were saying, you know, they're they were asking him, so where, where are you going to be playing uh, tomorrow night? And he said, Madam Satan. And he said, where? And he, and he said, Madam Satan. And he said, well, you don't want to play there. And he said, why? He said, if you, if you play there, you're going to die. And so the, the guy in my band told me that just before I was supposed to go to sleep. <laughs> and so I'm really, I'm really uptight about this. And I can remember I was in the hotel and I was looking at my face in the mirror and I was actually flossing my teeth. And I was so uptight that I actually cut my lip. I did it so hard, I, I actually cut myself. So I thought I have, to, I have to do something to relax. And so I thought maybe if I, if I take a shower, it'll help me. So I got in the shower and I turned on the water And the next thing I knew, I was literally laying against the wall of the shower, crying like a baby. And I'm going, God, I can't do this. This is too difficult for me. I thought about my my wife. I thought about my sons. And I thought, I can't do this. Because I was emotionally and physically and spiritually exhausted. Then the ghost spoke. Don't be afraid. It's me, Jesus. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. Isn't that a little unreasonable? I mean, come on, I'm out in a boat in the middle of the night. And I look and I see this ghost walking on the water. Of course I'm going to be afraid. But I think what Jesus was saying was this. Why do you think it's unusual that I can walk on water. I mean, what did I just do? You were with thousands of people. You only had five loaves and a couple of fish. 
and I took it and I teared it and I multiplied it. Why do you think it's so unusual that I can walk in water? Don't you know who I am? Peter wasn't convinced. He wasn't sure if that was a ghost or if that was Jesus. So he said to the ghost, if that's really you, Jesus, tell me to get out of the boat and walk to you on the water. What Peter was saying to Jesus was this, demonstrate your power in my life. I don't want to stay in the boat. Everybody goes around in a boat. The boat is too conventional. The boat is too boring. In Ephesians 1.18, it says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to everyone who believes. But I go around in a boat like everyone else. Demonstrate your power in my life. And so Jesus looked at Peter and said, Okay, Peter, get out of the boat. This was not the first time that we played at Madam Satan. This was going to be the second time. And the first time that we played there, the guy, our promoter, wouldn't go in. He, he organizes for a band to play there, but he won't go in the club. He said, I don't want to die. He said, he really, he said to me, I don't know what you're into, but I don't want to die. And my band is in there setting everything up. So I thought, I can't, I can't just, I have to, if they're going to die, I have to die with them. So I go into the club and they're selling, they have a, a table where they're selling books on torture. In a book by name by a guy who calls, who calls himself the Antichrist, they had a, a curtain you could go behind if you wanted to have sex. We were playing in this in this cellar, this basement where all the walls were painted black, and you could you could taste the evil in this place. And in our concert. We show on stage a modern-day depiction of the crucifixion of Jesus using modern special effects and live music. And so I'm representing Jesus in the concert, and I'm crucified. And then I'm killed and put into a coffin to show how Jesus died. And so I'm put in this coffin. When I, when, when I was put in the coffin, it was like all the demons started coming out of people. People started blaspheming and screaming and swearing. I, I was afraid that they might ru- actually rush us. And I can remember I was, I was laying there and I thought to myself, this must be what hell is like. And when I came out of the coffin to show how Jesus rose from the dead, I mean, it was okay. I mean, we had a few good conversations with people. But to be honest with you, I was happy to have just survived the experience. And so... We're getting ready to do another tour in Brazil the next year. And I get, I, you know, I'm contacted by our tour organizer there, and he goes, I have good news for you. And I said, really? What's that? And he said, Madam Satan wants you to come back. And I'm going, oh, great. <laughs> but then I went, no. We don't. We don't want to test God. He wanted to know if we were willing 
You know, to not deny him in such a heavy club. But, and we didn't. But we don't need to test God. And, uh, you know, I said to our, our organizer there, I said, no, we're not going back there. I'm not going to put my, my, my band back in that club. So then, after I said that, I went for a walk. And I started feeling a little bit like Peter. And I started praying, and I said, Jesus, are you not strong enough to move in this stupid club? I stand up in churches, and I say that you are powerful. Are you powerful? Aren't you powerful enough to move in this club? I want to I see your power in my life. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to hear about it. I want you to demonstrate your power in my life. If you're not real, why should I follow you? I want to see your power in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to know your power. Think of the glory you will receive if you can move in a club like this. I'll stand up and I'll tell people how powerful you are. Show your power in my life. And as I was crying out to God, I felt like Jesus looked at me like he looked at Peter. And I felt like he said, okay, David. Come on, get out of the boat. And so we went back. And my experience has been often when you go back to a place, it's worse the second time. And uh, we go back and it's like before and there's things going on that I won't tell you about because I don't want to defile you with it. Again, we're playing in this dark cellar. Again, like before, we show on stage how Jesus died. Again, like before, I'm put in a coffin. And I'm laying there. And instead of people blaspheming and screaming and swearing, all I could hear was people crying. It was unbelievable. Everywhere in the club, all I could hear was people crying. People were talking to each other. There's a different spirit here tonight, and it's love. And when I came out of the coffin to show how Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit just fell like water. It was like, that's the best way I can explain it to you. It was like it was raining. It was just like, just like raining down everywhere in the club. And I said to them, you know what I'm saying is real because you can feel God's power and no one could argue with me. People rushed us for Bibles. We ran out of Bibles at Madam Satan. <laughs> the club owner came up to me with his girlfriend, you know, and he was shaking. And I took his hand and I said, God loves you. And he said, he does? And I go, yeah. And I prayed with the club owner. And a a pastor that we work with in Brazil said that he felt the Holy Spirit stronger in Madam Satan than he's felt him in any church. We decided to have a follow-up meeting. So a guy who runs strip clubs said we could use his club. He said, hey, if all these guys from these clubs, they wouldn't come to a church, he said, you could use my strip club. We thought, okay, that's a neutral venue. 
so instead of the strippers, my band is there playing worship music. And all these people are there from the clubs. A guy is down in his office, and it's his job to organize strippers. He's on the phone, and he said, I heard your music. And this power came into the office, and the mirror on the wall exploded. He says, you got to see it. You know, he's really shook up. you got to see it. And so I went, in, I went into his office, and it looked like a bomb had, had gone off in the office. And he said, it's, it's not just the glass that's breaking. Something is breaking inside of me. And this tough guy wept like a baby because he so felt the power of the Holy Spirit. And the whole Gothic underground in Brazil was shaken because there's no one more powerful than Jesus. We need to get out of the boat. We need to get out of the boat. Like Chad said, we have to get out of the boat. You know, when you're in the boat, you have a very human idea about everything. You know, it's all about me. It's all about my gifts, my abilities. You know, it's all about performing at the highest level. Yes, and I, I try, we try to be as good as, as God allows us to be. We try to perform at the highest level that God allows us to play at. But that's what it's all based on when you're in the boat. It's just about my gifts and my abilities. So I better develop those because it, it has everything to do with that. And then it's about, I have five loaves and I have two fish. So then I have to kind of leverage that so I can make the most of it. Because it's really, at the end of the day, it has to do with me. And of course, I, I have my little prayer times because I am a, you know, we are a Christian artist and so maybe we should pray a little bit. But really at the end of the day, if anything happens, it's because of me. But if I dare to get out of the boat and walk on the water, I realize that it has absolutely nothing to do with my gifts or abilities. If God takes his hand off of me for one second, I'm dead. I only have five loaves and two fish. I don't have enough to look after myself. I don't have enough to look after my own family. I am not so naive to think that I can do anything that's going to make any difference in the world. I am not impressive. I know that I don't, I'm, there's nothing spectacular about me. But I also know this. I know this is also true. If I'm willing to give my five loaves and my two fish, even though it's not enough, if I'm willing to give that, all of that to Jesus, he can take it, he can multiply it, and he can use my life to feed the multitudes. And that's what he wants to do with every single man and woman here tonight. He created you for good works in advance. He created you for significance. He wants you to make a difference in the world. I don't have to pray about it. I know it's true. But the only way we are going to experience this significance that we were put on this earth for is only if we are willing to get out of the boat. Only if we are willing to say, Jesus, I'm not very much... I don't have a lot, but I give it all to you. I'm giving it all to you, Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray 
that we will get out of the boat. No boat people. No boat people. There's a lot of other people that will stay in the boat. Let, that's fine, you know. No, it isn't actually, but it's not. Lord Jesus, I pray that no one here will choose the boat and they can choose the kind of authentic, extraordinary life that you want them to live. Don't believe this lie. To be a, follow, to be a follower of Jesus means to live a supernatural life. And that's, if you're not reading the Bible, if you think otherwise, don't believe this domesticated Jesus, this Jesus that has become a brand, you know, this Jesus that just, oh, apply the Jesus principles to make my life better. That's not who you need. You need to know Jesus, and you need to live the life he's called you to live. Don't lose. Don't, don't miss out on what God wants to give you, because your life goes by just like this. And for some of you here tonight, this is your chance to get out of the boat and I, I don't know, but I feel like I need to ask for a response. I feel like if, if you feel like I need to, this message was for me tonight. I've been living in the boat. I've been approaching everything. My faith has become so reasonable. My faith has become so ordinary. I don't, I don't even pretend to, to know Jesus the way that I should. And I want to say, God, with your help tonight, I want to not live that way anymore. I want to invite you to come and kneel with me now and we'll together say, Jesus, no boat for us. We want to walk on the water. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.